welcome to Monologues by Hassie, where I'm going to be dropping unsolicited brain dumps from the depths of my grey matter. I'll talk about life, money, society, and self-development, plus whatever else lies up there, whilst hopefully not getting cancelled in the process. In episode 19, a step-by-step guide on how to get kicked out of your therapist's office, I mentioned something called Vipassana. Now, following that episode, a lot of people asked me general questions. The first one is, what is Vipassana? So I did speak about it in detail in that episode, so I recommend if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it. Despite this, despite talking about Vipassana in that episode, what I didn't do was clarify certain things about the technique. So Vipassana is a form of meditation, and it's, if I were to describe it in my own words, it's about being incredibly aware and having a very elevated sense of consciousness. It is, in its simplest form, mindfulness. I think that's the best way to describe it. It's being aware of the sensations in your body, and that's what you meditate on. Now, when I speak about Vipassana, what I'm actually talking about is a 10-day meditation course. Um, It's also quite commonly known as a 10-day silent meditation course, where you meditate for 10 days in a row in silence. And fundamentally, for me, this was one of the things which helped me deal with, I guess, a very tough time. Now, the next question I always get is, do you need to be Buddhist to do Vipassana? And the answer to this is, you don't need to be Buddhist. So the Vipassana course is designed to be secular. In fact, when I was on the course, there were people from all walks of life. We had Muslims, Christians, Hindus, Buddhists, atheists. It really didn't matter. In fact, during the course, they do emphasize that Vipassana itself, the meditation technique, is secular. And even though there are elements from Buddhism which you will encompass during the course, it is by no means designed to convert you. Um, in fact, during one of the lectures uh, at the end of the at the end of your day of meditation, the teacher SN Goenka, so the man who founded the particular line of centers that I went to, he says that if you're a Christian, you'll become a better Christian by learning how to meditate. If you're a Muslim, you'll become you know you'll become a better Muslim. If you're a Hindu, you'll become a better Hindu. So it, it really is just about self-development, despite originally coming from a Buddhist meditation practice. So it's absolutely secular. That said, um, in the mornings, you will hear Buddhist chantings, but if you don't know what they are, they'll just be chantings in a foreign language. So really, it's just there to give you positive vibes and set the start of a day. Once people hear that it's a 10-day meditation course, I always get asked, do you need to already be good at meditation? And I'm sure everyone has a different answer for this, but for me, the answer is no, you do not need to be good at meditation. I absolutely sucked at meditation beforehand. I'd argue I'm still horrible at meditation. But prior to that course, I don't think I've meditated for more than 15 to 20 minutes straight. And if I had to go any longer than that, I'd definitely be moving my body around, right? Like I'd get a cramp in my leg and I'd need to readjust. I'd need to stand up a bit, change my hand position. You know what I mean? I I wasn't able to sit still for a a set period of time, longer than 20 minutes. So I very much went into Vipassana cold turkey. I didn't really try to practice meditation beforehand. 
And you know what? It was incredibly difficult going through those 10 days, the first three days of breathing, um, and you can move your body. And then at day four, it's called Vipassana day. And that's kind of where, well, that is where officially you're not meant to move your body. So if you occupy a position at the start of your meditation, then you need to maintain that position for the whole two hour sitting. And for me, I, you know, was able to do that. I think that's part of the challenge is, yes, you are overcoming, I guess, a physical barrier that you previously had, but in overcoming that physical barrier, you will uncover immense mental strength. So I think you don't need to be good at meditation. You will go there and you will figure it out. I think as long as you've got a will and a desire to make it through those 10 days, you'll get through. Now, people ask, did anyone quit during Vipassana? During my course, I completed a full 10 day, my first full 10 day uh, Vipassana sitting in early 2021, in January, 2021. And I can't remember how many people we had. I, f I, I want to say maybe there were 60 men, probably the same number of women, but of course the women uh, do the course separately. It's separated by, 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 by genders. So they'll still be in the same hall, but they'll be on the other side. But what I noticed, and it's probably not good that I noticed because during Vipassana, the reason you don't talk is you're, you're meant to be focused purely on yourself. But I did notice that uh, we lost maybe about two to three people within the first three to four days. So not everyone made it through, but people did quit. Um, of course, I don't know why they quit. Uh, it's, it's definitely a, a challenging experience and I can understand why people might decide to bail out. That said, I think it can be done. Like your mind can overcome that. Now, that being said, people say, okay, it's 10 days of meditation. Is it a meditation retreat? And my answer to this one is it's definitely not a retreat. I think the word retreat implies that it's going to be pleasurable. Vipassana is all about working. When you take 10 days to do, do this silent meditation course, you are going to be working. This is not a holiday. Whilst I personally believe that if you take it seriously and you go through the 10 days, you're gonna have an immense benefit. It's not going to be like sitting on a, a lovely beach somewhere sipping mojitos. You're not gonna come back refreshed in the way that you might think. Retreat is absolutely the wrong word. During the course, one thing that's emphasized and SN Goenka um, in his recordings, and SN Goenka, as I mentioned previously, he's the man who set up the centers. He says you are here to work 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 he says at the end of every day he says go rest because tomorrow you need to come back and work don't view it as 10 days off work for most people i know that you'd be taking annual leave or unpaid leave to be able to go and do this course it's not a holiday you're there to work and i guess have that mindset so the next thing how much does it cost the interesting thing about Vipassana is you will not pay a single cent to attend this course. It costs you absolutely nothing. So Vipassana is run on a, like a, on a donation basis, but you're only allowed to donate if you've completed a full 10-day course. So they restrict donations to people who've done the course. And what this does for the very first time when you do Vipassana, so if you're a new student, and you're taking Vipassana for the first time. So you've, 
you've signed up, you've attended the course, you've paid nothing. Once you've been accepted, you're not paying anything. They will provide you with accommodation, food, right? For 10 days. So you'll get shelter, you'll get food. You won't have to, you know, there's no bills associated with it. They'll feed you, they'll put a roof over your head, they'll teach you how to meditate, and they won't charge you a single cent. And only if you finish 10 full days will you be allowed to donate. So donations are restricted. Now, why would they do this? Now, it's very interesting. The reason they do this, it's to break your ego down. If you pay for a course, so if I paid for a course and the course wasn't to my liking, I would personally feel entitled to complain because that's very natural. If we go to a hotel and the hotel doesn't provide food and shelter to up to our standard, the first thing we're going to go to do is go to management. Now, generally for most people, and I'd say if you're fortunate enough to be listening to this podcast, you're probably much more privileged than you think. If you're listening to this podcast, you're much more privileged than you think. So when you go to a, a, a Vipassana meditation center, uh, I, either from the SN Goenka line or any, any, any other schools, there are similar schools out there, you're going to be living in a situation which is probably going to be less comfortable than what you're used to. The food might be different. Uh, the food is all vegetarian. So because you've come there and you haven't paid a single cent, you have no right to complain. And the other thing you need to keep in mind is when you're a brand new student, your course has been paid for by somebody else. And only when you've finished, you're not paying for yourself. You're paying to enable somebody else to experience the same 10 days of meditation and the insights they uncovered. You're paying for them to experience that, not for you to experience that. So it really is about breaking down your ego. Now, of course, the most important thing that everyone wants to know about is if I manage to make it through a 10 day meditation retreat, what are the benefits? For me, the benefits were, it was a ridiculous amount of mental clarity. Of course, as I talked about in my last episode, Vipassana played a very core role in me, I guess, recovering from depression. And that was huge. But on top of that, I was, I just had so much more direction in my life. If problems arose, I, I was much more clear in being able to navigate those issues. I remember when I came out of Vipassana, all my bank cards had been canceled and I had to um, drive like 80 kilometers because I had a holiday booked and I knew I had no way to access money until the next day I'd have to physically go into the bank and deal with it. And a situation like that would have stressed me deeply, but I was able to very calmly analyze that situation and simply glide through it. So it was almost like the kind of friction of day-to-day -day life had been removed after that, those 10 days of meditation. And these benefits are absolutely incredible. But one thing I probably didn't really emphasize in my last episode was the benefits of meditation, they're not permanent. And I think impermanence is a very important concept uh, in, in Buddhism, in, in, in Hinduism as well. Everything is impermanent, including the benefits of your meditation. So the only way to maintain those benefits is to keep meditating. Now, after you've completed a Vipassana course, the general recommendation is for you to meditate, I think it's two hours a day, one in the morning, one in the, one in the evening. I did my course in early, in January, 2021. And, you know, I was absolutely Zen, but then, you know, life, life happened. 
I got out of a relationship, I got a new job, you know, there's challenges with new roles, and I definitely lost track of my meditation habit. Like, it's a very difficult thing to do, and I definitely personally have a lot of development to do in the way I just organize my life in general. So I've only recently started meditating again as part of a challenge I talked about in a prior episode. So I'm doing a quarterly challenge and I'm making myself meditate half an hour every day. And that said, like I don't feel as zen as I did straight after that course because I haven't kept up with the practice. So there was impermanence to the benefits. That said, even in meditating just for the last few weeks, half an hour a day, I can see some benefits, but it's not at the level as it was immediately after doing 10 days of, of meditation. I feel like this is common wisdom, but if you're looking to do this one 10 day course and for it to be a silver bullet and you're never going to have to do anything again and this is going to fix you, you're probably going to be dissatisfied. You're going to be very dissatisfied because eventually you will return to your baseline level of mental clarity. If, if time goes far enough away and you don't keep meditating, so for me, I've had, I guess, a very good reminder that meditation is important whilst it feels like you're not doing much. You're sharpening your saw, you're sharpening your mind, and it will increase the fruit of the remaining hours in your day. Now, two hours a day still seems like a lot for me. I'm definitely not there yet, but you know, people always say, would you do Vipassana again? And my answer is yes. I'm absolutely looking forward to doing a course again. And part of it is to help reestablish that meditation practice. In fact, I'm looking at doing Vipassana again in 2023. So I'm going to be looking forward to that and really developing myself again. The first time I did Vipassana, I was at a very low point in my life and I'm at a much better place now. So I'm very excited to see what the benefits of redoing a 10 day meditation course will be and how much I will get out of it the second time around. I think my final comment will be that after I did Vipassana, uh, I encouraged a few other people to do it and people who heard my experiences and noticed the changes in me, you know, they asked me what changed and I told them, well, I did this meditation course and, you know, XYZ, I had XYZ benefits and they went ahead and did it. And when they came back, I noticed that they were different people and it was incredible. And for people who haven't done Vipassana, it's very hard to you know, to pinpoint what has changed in these people. But I can kind of see that the cogs in their mind are more well-oiled. So if, you, if you're listening to this right now and I've potentially sold Vipassana to you and you want to try 10 days of silent meditation, then absolutely go ahead and do it because I truly believe that it will change your life. So if you want to do it, and of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you have access to the internet. So go and visit www.dhamma.org. And the way Dhamma is spelled, it's D-H-A-M-M-A.org. That's the website you need to go to. You can find a Vipassana Center near you and find a course that's available. Now, courses generally do book up. You know, there's quite high demand for it, uh, especially at peak times, depending on where you live. So if you're living in the Western world, I think Christmas is always going to be, those courses are going to get booked out very quickly, but find a course, get yourself on it, and I hope you have an absolutely enlightening experience. You've just made it through another episode of Monologues by Hassie. 
It brings me great pleasure to know that you made it to the end. To listen to more episodes, subscribe on your favorite podcast app or visit monologuesbyhassie.com. Thanks for swinging by.